After saving Miranda's sister-slash-twin-slash-clone, Jin and Gortney Shepard chill out on the Normandy while everyone screams about their family issues. To lighten the mood a bit, the captains head to a quote-unquote derelict ship that is definitely normal and fine and not a trap, before finally deciding to sunbathe on the Quarian's hottest colony, on Haystrom. Tally in tow, the crew of the Normandy is nearly ready to head to the... Holy shit, the center of the galaxy? Yeah, that's awesome. Hell yeah. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Asynchronous, a video game catch-up show. My name is AJ. My name is Kim. Hey, how's it going? Uh, it's episode six of season four. We're playing Mass Effect 2. We're going to talk about... Uh, oh, God. We're going to talk the about... The collectorship mission? Yeah, the collectorship mission, as well as... Uh, dossier uh, Tali's dossier. Jeez Louise, thank you so much. It's all Kim. good. Like, We've had a morning. <laughs> yeah, it's been a morning. It's, it's, it's overcast outside. Uh, it's humid. We've had technology issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the the good news is the heat wave broke in LA, so I'm back. On hey, setup. congratulations! Um, no longer boiling. That's so nice. That's so good to hear. Um, I don't want to say that it's because Splatoon three came out, <laughs> but the timing is uncanny. Yeah, Splatoon three weirdly feels like a kind of like end of summer cool down game. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? I don't know. There's something about Splatoon that to me that just feels like standing in a fire hydrant, you know, standing like an open fire. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like an open fire hydrant in the middle. It of sure summer. does feel like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just all the colors. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, so that's the stuff we're playing today. If you haven't played it and you don't want spoilers, don't listen to this episode. Otherwise, hello. Welcome to the show. Hi. We're glad to have you, Kim. Yes. What's the bullshit today? So <laughs> so I last night. Uh, just a little peek behind the curtain. I mentioned Splatoon 3 because it's all I've been able to think about for the past <laughs> like 48 hours or so. Okay. Um, it it came out on Friday, which was two days ago. Steven from Into the Aether streamed it. And I was like, this actually looks fun. Maybe I'll check it out. And then I checked sure. it out and became obsessed. And so last night I took a break from playing Splatoon 3 to make dinner. And I was like, God, I got to think of the bullshit. Maybe I should try and do this Mm. while I'm having dinner. And I just like looked around uh, my kitchen and saw a box of cereal. And I thought, there we go. That's it. So today we're going to be talking about what each of the Mass Effect 2 squad mates eats for breakfast on the Normandy. (laughs) Okay, I love this. I love this a lot. Man, because the the crew mess on the Normandy does not mm-hmm. give a lot to the imagination. It just yeah. seems like whatever gardener makes, that's what you're eating. But I like the idea of like everybody gets a special meal, you know? Yeah, I feel well, I feel like it's like you can eat what gardener makes or you can make your own breakfast. It's mm. sort of like how I'm envisioning it. Sure. So we're going to start off basic. Jacob, this is a two eggs, bacon, toast kind of guy. Sure. Like, I just, I know it. Maybe three eggs if he's bulking. But yeah, that's sort of the the vibe that I get from Jacob. Very straightforward. Yeah, I would say Jacob's very straightforward. I would also say Jacob, I think, is maybe kind of really focused on the macros. So I feel like maybe Jacob's eating like five eggs and like yeah. a cup of cottage cheese, which is a thing my Fuck. brother used to do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I you're think that's so right. I think that's the that's the vibe. But I think if he's treating himself, yeah, he's just kind of like a two eggs bacon situation. But if he's if he's in a rush, he's got a nutrition shake 
like blend or whatever ready to go just throw that in some water and mix it up and if he could eat a nutrient block every day i think he would i think you're probably right (laughs) um (laughs) well the the thing about that is i do think that morden yes eats a nutrient block like he he has some like like very advanced tech solarian equivalent to soylent and he has that replaces all of his meals like in a very tech bro way where it's like i just i don't even want to think about eating eating is not a thing that i do for fun eating is just a thing that keeps my body going so that i can keep working and that is his vibe yeah whatever this whatever the special task group like whatever they eat that is what he has eaten since then. And yes. he's not changed it up because like, why would he change it up? He's got this perfect system right yeah. here. It's just, a, it, it comes shipped to you in 400 blocks that you can mm-hmm. eat for a whole year, you know? Yeah. They get a <laughs> <laughs> Normandy like gets a delivery on the Citadel and it's just like a huge like palette of these blocks. And it's like, what yes. the fuck? Morton's like, that's oh, I guess my that's, all, that's my food for, you know, a year. It's cheaper if you buy in bulk. I did the research. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, he did the research for sure. Um, Miranda is an egg white omelet kind of girl. Oh, God. You can't yeah. tell me this woman ever eats a yolk. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. Like some veggies in there. Yeah. Controversial, maybe. Mm-hmm. If she's got a perfect metabolism. Oh. Maybe she really splurges on breakfast, eats whatever the fuck she wants. That's interesting. Or maybe she skips breakfast altogether and it just does not affect her body at all. That's possible, too. Yeah. She'll have like a piece of toast. It's like, oh, shit, I forgot to eat. It's 9 p.m. or 9 Mm -hmm. 9 a.m. Because she does wake up, I think, at like five. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 Speaking of a five to nine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Did that come up during D&D? Is that what we talked about? That was a and d thing. Yeah. (laughs) We're now crossing the real world and and uh, parasocial world. (laughs) Uh, yeah, for those who don't know, a five to nine is yeah. um, a trend on TikTok where uh, influencer girls will be like, this is my five to nine before my nine to five. And it means that they supposedly wake up at five <laughs> and they're like, first I do yoga and then I journal and then I have my like, you know, fancy breakfast and then I go to the gym and it's like, there's no fucking way. There's no yeah. fucking way. And then there's also a five to nine after your nine to five, which is like, I went to happy hour with my girls and then I went home and made myself a salad and then oh, I journaled some more. My, my, I think the, the post work five to nines I've seen are like people kind of on that grind set of like, I've worked my nine to five and oh. now I have to do my small business job for my passive income That's or whatever. Interesting. Yeah. That also doesn't surprise me. Um, yeah. long story short, this all sucks. So Miranda definitely does it. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Next time I have Kasumi, I think Kasumi is like a grab a granola bar and go kind of girl. She mm. has she's sneaking around in the Normandy and she doesn't have time to like sit down and have a breakfast. She's she's just yeah. going. Yeah. Something about I don't know. I have this image of Kasumi just like popping a few grapes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like out. just anything that she can like grab, you know, Yeah, just like a banana, you know, maybe a bowl of cereal, maybe a bowl of cereal. Yeah. Like if if they have those like <laughs> this might be a throwback. I don't know if they still make these skippy used to do like gogurts but for peanut butter oh yeah I if they have this. those on the normandy i think she just like one yeah. of those every morning or for the, just a gogurt or just a I gogurt just yeah. see kasumi being a gogurt oh kasumi would buy would buy like 
branded gogurts like yeah. oh i've got the lion king gogurt just because it's like fun and you know you just slurp she it and you're done uh god i love her yeah so if you go up in the in the air ducts in the the normandy it's just like full of little granola crumbs <laughs> oh my god it smells like rotting milk up here i don't know what's happening uh next up is thane thane i think is um as a bucket list item is learning to cook he never cooked because he was like an assassin when would he cook so now he's like i've had time to settle down and i'm like learning to cook so i he makes a different thing for breakfast every morning and like we got to get a waffle iron so that you know thane can make waffles one day and like it's not you know some things turn out better than others but like he's learning and he's having fun and everybody's having fun along with him wow i I can't add anything more to that. I love, <laughs> I love that so much. Anything I say, I think would take away from it. So mm-hmm. yeah, he's exploring his passions, you know? Yeah. Besides killing. <laughs> Next up is Tolly. We picked up Tolly. She's on the team now. I think that Tolly makes a mean eggs Benny. And I think if anybody can poach an egg, it's Tolly. Oh, Tolly yeah. poaches a mean egg. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was thinking you were going to say like, because she is Quarian, it's like some sort of oh, just yeah. like nutrient slurry or something. Oh, but that is I mean, that is boring. You're right. Well, it's like it's it's certainly it's like whatever space chickens, you know, quarians can eat. Oh, like it's one of sure, their sure, eggs. Sure. But yeah. Yeah. It's an eggs benny that costs like two hundred dollars to import for <laughs> one meal. <laughs> so (laughs) it's funny you mentioned the slurry because for garris i was like this guy's just eating like a protein shake like Mm. with you know that like fits his genetic makeup that won't make him sick um until tolly gets to the ship and then he is just piggybacking off of whatever he eats or whatever she makes yeah Um, so he's also now enjoying the eggs benny yeah i think i think that's totally right garris is not the kind of guy to cook for himself but he is the kind of guy to enjoy a nice breakfast Mm -hmm. (laughs) like if somebody makes a nice breakfast he'll be like hell yeah he's like always scoping out thane to see if he's got any extra whatever is like oh if you didn't like today's thing i'll eat the i'll yeah. eat the leftovers I- well see see that was that was my original thing was that garris bums off of thane but thane eats different food from garris oh that's right if Turians garris have eats a what whole... thane makes right yeah, right right he'll get sick but turians right. and quarians can eat the same foods that's true mm-hmm. okay yeah yeah so I threw I threw Joker in here because I just could not shake the the knowledge deep in my soul that Joker for breakfast either has a microwave burrito or Eggos. Yeah, definitely something you can pop in a microwave or like the shit like like a bowl of Fruity Pebbles or something like yeah, something yeah, super yeah. sugary mm-hmm. that you can also kind of if you let it sit in milk for a minute too long, you can just kind Oof. of down the whole thing. Yeah, just Man, slurp it. God, I love Fruity Pebbles milk, dude. I, I was never a Fruity Pebbles kid, <sighs> so I don't even know if i have the like context sure it's Next just like time i get sugary, cereal i i do i indulge in sugary cereals from time yeah to time. it is the thing that like if you like i just said if you let it sit for a minute too long it is just like goo so mm-hmm. you kind of have to either have a small bowl or know. really pound a large bowl i guess that's also just like any like like rice krispies that's the yeah. same thing it's just it yeah. turns into like the most disgusting porridge you've ever had yeah <laughs> porridge <laughs> god um next up is samara black coffee i don't (laughs) i don't think samara eats breakfast i think she just she drinks like a couple of of cups of black coffee and she's ready to go i Mm. have a feeling that i like this is never said but i would like to imagine that samara like she has a very strict like sort of monk like aesthetic eating regimen yes 
that you know like keeps her focused on the mission that she's on or whatever mm-hmm. so i i don't feel like she's fucking around with breakfast yeah i feel something about samara i feel like she just doesn't sleep ever yeah she just meditates she's like an elf in D. i was literally about to make the exact same comparison <laughs> yeah she just meditates and then she'll get up pound a cup of coffee well maybe not pound i think actually that's the t- that's the only time that she can relax and not yes. meditate is when she's yeah. having her cup of mud you know mm-hmm don't talk She's, to me till I've yeah. meditated with my coffee. You yeah, know? very much so. Um, <laughs> Grunt just eats an ungodly number of eggs, like dozens and dozens of eggs in one sitting. Yeah. Uh, Gardner can't scramble them fast enough because, <laughs> you know, he ain't scrambling his own eggs. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't want to generalize, but like Krogan are like amphibian based. They can just eat raw eggs, right? I don't know. Isn't I don't thing- know how any of that works. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure I'm host frog of the week. What do you I'm pre- mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure like lizards and stuff like can just like eat like chicken eggs raw. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure they can just kind of kind of like slurp them down. Yeah. I've said, that's like the fourth time I've said slurp today and I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's just listen, it's a breakfast word, apparently. Uh, yeah. I get when you're talking about eggs, you know, what other thing yeah. are you going to do with eggs besides slurp them? Yeah, um, pretty much. Yeah. I feel like Gardner like buys a separate pallet of eggs specifically for mm-hmm. grunt. I do. I do. I think it would be funny, though, also, if like for some reason Grunt has this like really huge craving for like, I don't know, like Raisin Bran or something, which is just mm-hmm. something that Okir really liked. And was just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I'll always have this around. So mm-hmm. I'll make sure that he likes it, too. You know, <laughs> so, so then, you know, when Okir dies and then he, he wakes mm-hmm. up and just has all this stuff in his head, he's like, I love this I must brown have cereal. Bran. And I don't know why. <laughs> oh my god i love him also can i tell you an intrusive thought that i had when we were talking about slurping down eggs maybe (laughs) i just think i would never want to actually do this with a real egg but i Mm. think it would be fun to eat something delicious that has the texture of a raw egg with the shell oh the closest thing i could think of is a cadbury cream egg but i want the crunch you know yeah i can't do cab i know something about cadbury cream eggs i just don't really like my siblings all really love them and i just i love them but i'm a nasty monster no i mean they're popular they're good i i I just don't know what it is something about it's like that i i also can't eat pierogies for some reason so i think it's Mm. a texture thing with like it's the smoothness on the inside yeah. of, of a pierogi really gets me for some reason. Interesting. I have no idea. That's the thing. I, I, that's just been a thing for my it's whole life. But anyway, uh, yeah, no, I can completely see like if you go to, you know, some like Michelin star restaurant or something, it's like <laughs> today we've made you like a peanut butter and jelly egg or something. Mm-hmm. And it's got that like, you know, slightly kind of weirdly crunchy, glassy outside yeah. with like a, a gooey inside. But yes, I agree. Don't do it with a real egg. No. But I think Nasty. I think if there was a way to, to simulate that mouthfeel mm-hmm. i would also be very interested in slurping down an egg <laughs> okay someone get on this um next up jack uh for breakfast jack eats someone else's cold takeout leftovers from the night before yeah whatever's in the fridge mm-hmm. she will just take and eat she doesn't fucking will... care if you put your name on it yeah she will not She's apologize like, fight me. like <laughs> yeah if you don't want jack to eat it don't put it in the public fridge right you know right no that's that's, that's why all of kasumi's go-gurts are are in the the ducts <laughs> yes yes oh my god she got a big box of go-gurts and jack ate all of them she was like i can't i'm not gonna fucking say anything but never I again can't leave she my said. go-gurts in there 
And finally, we have Zaid. And this one was challenging. It was hard for me to to imagine. And at some point, I really I think it's just some kind of like horrible protein concoction, mm. like the kind of thing that that people make when they're bulking. I don't know if like the raw egg thing is a thing mm. that is actually done. But like if it is, Zaid's doing it, you mm. know, I feel like Zaid is just like a camp oatmeal kind of guy Mm. like he will boil water and put it into some container and mix it up and it'll make like a really gooey like fine oatmeal but i think i think through through times of you know merc stakeouts Mm -hmm. and stuff or just like you don't know ever know when you're gonna be around a stove or whatever but you can always use a hot bullet casing to heat some water for your oatmeal (laughs) You know, <laughs> fuck, um, dude, you're so right. And um, I think he throw, he'll throw a scoop of protein powder in there. Yeah, 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 definitely a scoop of protein powder or something. But I think it's definitely some sort of camp mm-hmm. breakfast, like something or like a hiking, a backpacking yeah. breakfast, I guess. Yeah, he comes into the kitchen in the morning and things like, hey, Zaid, would you like some of this? Uh, I'm making huevos rancheros this morning. And Zaid's like, no, I'm good. And he just makes his nasty little little oatmeal concoction. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I love this for him. Did I forget anyone? I don't think so. Just, I mean, we didn't do Shepard, but I don't really know. The Shepherds are so tough. I think Shepard's like in for Thane's breakfast uh, adventures. Yeah, I think Shepard has a similar like Garrus Mm -hmm. sensibility of like, you know, I'm not going to make breakfast, but if somebody makes it and offers it, I will eat it. Yeah. You know, I also I had I had thought about Ashley and Caden. I also had them as egg white omelets, but I think they're not even maybe Ashley is an egg white girl. I think Caden might just be full egg. Yeah. So part of me feels like Caden eats like chocolate chip pancakes <laughs> like too often. Yeah. You know, like there's one thing about eating pancakes like every day, but it's another thing with it's chocolate chip pancakes because it's yeah. like that's not adding anything nutritionally. Mm-hmm. But man just likes the, the sweetness, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I could see that. I could see him being like, I, like it's like the one thing that he knows how to make, but he makes mm. it really well. It's like that kind of thing. Yes. It's like Caden makes really good chocolate chip pancakes. Like, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Hooray. Amazing. Beautiful. I'm hungry now, yeah. even though I ate not super long ago. <laughs> so let's let's uh, get into this so I can go eat some chocolate chip pancakes. For sure. With some Normandy stuff. Yay. So we are back on the ship after Miranda's loyalty mission. Uh, and Kelly Chambers tells me that Samara wants to talk. So I say, OK, let's go talk. And, you know, you go find her. She stops meditating. Uh, and this time she stands up and you're mm-hmm. both just staring out the window. Uh, and she basically this is her loyalty mission thing. So she's like, I need help with a thing. It's this isn't hard. This isn't easy for me to talk about, but I trust you. It's like, OK. Mm-hmm. So basically, when we found Samara, she was looking for another asari that was her whole thing and she has found them or found her she is under the name morinth now and she is at afterlife on omega so great cool and then you know you can probe a bit deeper and she tells you that uh morinth is an aradat yakshi mm-hmm. uh which translates to something that i missed <laughs> at the time it's like like something about like a dangerous wolf or something and she just like is dangerous and she kills people uh, and you're like, oh, and, well, and this is, mm, yes. But what Ardak actually means is demon of the night winds. Yeah. Um, And it is not merely that she is dangerous. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
No, please, you, you can describe um, this if you like. So what happens is, as we know, um, if you want to get down with an Asari, the way that it works is there's like a mind meld that happens, um, you know, embrace eternity. And mm-hmm. um, when you do this with an Arda Yakshi, the mate does not survive. So no. she's it's, it's like a succubus Black Widow situation. Yeah, she says like it's she describes it as like it seems like you get like every disease all at once and like your blood dies and like your bones disintegrate. It's just <laughs> it's like really horrific. Um, so, yeah, she but basically it becomes almost like an addiction for yeah. the Ardat Yakshi because every time they do this, they get a little bit more powerful, a little bit right. stronger, smarter, faster, harder, better, faster, stronger. And nice. um. Yeah, so Morinth is one of three that are known in the galaxy. It is a genetic condition. More on that later. Mm. And she has, Samara says, two of them have, you know, accepted a life of like quiet isolation in order to, you know, protect the the rest Mm -hmm. of the galaxy. Mm -hmm. But Morinth has escaped and is basically going on a killing spree and has been for 400 years yeah did did Jin question that like question that practice did he did he push back at all against that do you remember i i think he said like you can't blame her for like wanting freedom i guess Mm. yeah i think gortney was like so the choice is prison or death uh (laughs) and that's and that's when samara's like yeah well it's like a narcotic she she describes it as a narcotic condition yeah um which i thought was a really kind of vivid descriptor Mm -hmm. Uh, and then says uh if she doesn't want to be cured she won't be and that she's been doing it for 400 years so she's like way way powerful now uh and is a threat to not just individuals but if she continues to live she's not even halfway through her life you know Mm -hmm. she'll become some sort of weird like god queen or something (laughs) yeah in my notes here uh like based on what an art she does i just said she fucks you so hard you die yeah Um, literally that's what it is (laughs) so that's fun yeah um yeah what a way to go Uh, there's also a cool detail that that samara mentions where um she was like when we were primitive which is a uh, i'm not even gonna unpack that but she's (laughs) you know like in the past asari actually worshipped ardat yakshi as Mm. like gods of destruction Mm. uh, which is a super interesting just like little tidbit of lore yeah so you know she tells you this whole deal and it's like we have to go stop her or she's just gonna keep like fucking until she mm-hmm. can destroy the world or whatever. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Uh, and then it's like, also, <laughs> Morinth is my one of my daughters. It's like, oh, okay, okay, got yeah. it. Yeah, all right. And and you can be like, you mentioned it's genetic. So, mm. um, and she goes, I mentioned there are three Ardat Yakshis in the world. I have three daughters. It is as it sounds. Whoa, um, I don't think I got that line. Oh, Jesus. really? Yeah. yeah, it's it's in response to like some question I don't remember, but Whoa. but yeah, all three of the Ardat like known Ardat Yakshi in the entire galaxy are Samara's daughters. That's fucked, dude. Holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This was uh, I had read Samara's Shadow Broker dossier, which has an exchange between her and two of her daughters, I guess the secluded ones, um, about her going to like search for the third one, which I didn't super clock at the time exactly what was going on uh and i should have gone back and read it but i did not (laughs) but i think it's basically like i can't believe you would like throw the two of us away like that's part of the reason she became a justicar was to search and find 
Morinth, whatever her real name is. Mm-hmm. And her, her daughters were like, you're just going to like leave us behind to go find her. Um, it's a very like moving conversation. It's very loaded. Yeah. Um, and one of the daughters like, you know, it's it's a it's a record of like a phone call or something. And one of the daughters hangs up early. And then the other one is like, I mean, you can't like blame her for being mad. You know, like this right. is kind of, you know, you're the only person that we have. And you're just about to cut us off because you're looking for, you know, our bad sister or whatever uh yeah it's sad it's very sad it's sad i just wanted to highlight the last thing samara says to you sure. in this conversation um it is the only quote that i wrote down this week sure. um but uh when this conversation ends uh samara says help me find my long lost daughter and kill her yeah oof oh yeah oof. it's a Brutal fun dude. subversion of, yeah <laughs> like a trope you know yeah yeah. Um, brutal. So then, uh, you know, we just finished Miranda's loyalty mission. So I went and checked in with Miranda. She says, oh, great. I've been meaning to speak with you. She brings us into okay, her. I to talk to like, her. What? Got to talk to her. <laughs> That's so funny. So she, so, oh, uh, she brings you into like her like back bedroom area. Cause her like office is connected to her bedroom as well. And you just go and like sit on the couch in her room. Uh, and she's like, you know, apologizes for not believing in, shepherd she's like i'm you know obviously cerberus uh, the, the elusive man like believed in you and obviously you were this hero for the alliance and stuff but like you know i i didn't really believe that you were the person everybody thought you were or whatever but clearly i was wrong uh and says so cerberus should have recruited you sooner <laughs> uh to which courtney was like mm, no but okay <laughs> then shepherd can ask like you know why why cerberus of all the things you you could have done why did you choose cerberus and she says that she likes cerberus because they give her the resources she needs to do the thing she wants so she and, and she's she says this by prefacing it with like i envy morden's time with the special task group because he was working with people who were just as smart as he was and i wanted the equivalent of that for for me so she came to work with cerberus and then uh, so she's like, service has given me a lot, but they've given you even more to which Courtney was like, so you kind of sound a little bit jealous of me. <laughs> and uh, she said, you've done more than I ever could. Despite everything my father did to make me perfect, you're the best humanity has to offer. Uh, and she's like, you know, very upset about it. Mm-hmm. And Courtney's like, well, that's not that's not true. Like, you've obviously done all this stuff. And she says, uh, every one of your accomplishments is due to your skill. The only things I can take credit for are my mistakes, Oof. which is a brutal line. Um, yeah, wow. And really, I think a, a, a great encapsulation of, you know, how Miranda feels about herself, because mm-hmm. we've talked before in, in conversations with her about how she sees herself as kind of a tool to be used by right. her father or by Cerberus or whatever. And even being used as a tool, she doesn't see any of her successes as things that she has done. Mm-hmm. And Courtney's like, look, like you can be made genetically perfect or whatever, but like your dedication and your you know work ethic or what, you know, just giving like kind of a pep talk, mm-hmm. like all of this stuff is still your doing like you're still doing all this stuff. It's not like all that stuff is is purely genetic uh, to which Miranda replies like, OK, thanks. Bye. And like that's the end of the conversation. <laughs> I was like, oh, OK. It was kind of a, a, a bummer ending. But I think um, this is also a moment where there were certainly some options that I could have chosen that would have led to a romantic kind of tone to this to this thing yeah although i will say miranda's not romanceable by sure f-shep but yeah this is after everyone's loyalty mission is when they start being like romantic options mm-hmm. 
So yeah, just keep that in mind when you're having these conversations with <laughs> someone you want to romance. Uh, make sure you're saying all the right things. But um, yeah, this is an interesting conversation. I haven't had it yet uh, with Miranda. Maybe I'll bring it back up when I do so we can talk about kind of the the romantic tone. Yeah, because that's, you, that's your angle this time, right? You mm-hmm. are going to... Yeah. I, th- I think so. Oh, I don't know. Molly, uh, while I was streaming last night, my friend Molly, shout out Molly, uh, brought up the fact that I have never romanced Samara also, which is true. Oh, interesting. Samara feels like a really weird romance option. Doesn't it? Yeah. Like she's a thousand years old. Like she's so old. She's so serious. Too. And she's past her, her, her matronhood. Right. So like the Asari, like mating yeah. stuff is is done anyway sorry feel free to do that if you'd like probably still fuck what do you she probably still fucks i don't know man i, I it seems we're, like we're a, not gonna have kids aj or they're gonna be art at yakshi that's um, true <laughs> and then the other thing that i've never done is i've never romanced tolly but that is something that mm. i could see myself doing in a future playthrough so i'm like well do i i don't know sure right because you're will... trying to play Jin as as <laughs> like opposite you as possible yeah in some ways yeah so i don't know we'll see but yeah probably gonna do the miranda romance just to see what that's all about um i think the miranda romance honestly could be really interesting i don't know i mean she's she's an interesting character and i think if the conversations that i mean I, i guess i don't really know how much like taking the romantic angle adds to conversations in this game if Mm -hmm. anything or is it still just like a you make a choice before the pivotal mission to fuck no there's i mean there's more dialogue i'm trying to think of the ones that i've done i don't know that it's like significantly deeper i think it it feels it's not like you like learn more about them i think it's just more you get a little bit more of like the pathos of this character Mm, like their personality i guess is a way to describe it but yeah so i mean it'll be interesting um regardless of of what i choose because i haven't done any of them yet so sure yeah oh also jack romancing jack is also an option but i'm not gonna do that okay (laughs) okay yeah uh (laughs) so then i went and talked to garris because garris also wanted to talk to me Mm mm-hmm He's and done calibrating. Finally, he's done calibrating. So he basically is like, hey, here's my loyalty mission seed. Um, he <laughs> found a lead on Sedonis, uh, mm-hmm. who is the member of his crew who betrayed them all uh, and got everybody killed. And, you know, so we ask a little bit more about that. And he just says, like, you know, he misled me to go on a mission on my own and then told the mercenaries or like told all the mercs where our base was. So they came in and killed everybody. And then when I came back, you know. He had already left and he was recently seen with someone named Fade on the Citadel. Fade, who is, quote, an expert at helping people disappear. Yeah. So stupid that the guy's (laughs) name is Fade. (laughs) Stupid. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So our goal is to find Fade before he can fully disappear Sedonis or, you know, find Fade and tell us where he disappeared Sedonis too. Mm -hmm. And man, the, the end of this little conversation here with Garrus because this is a surprisingly short conversation I think mm-hmm. um, because I think you spend so much time in the earlier conversations kind of getting Garrus's yeah. whole deal of like what he was doing on Omega and stuff um, but he just says uh, he owes me 10 lives and I plan to collect mm-hmm. when Gortney was like are you sure like this is like how you want to go about this and he's just like yes there is like no doubt yeah there's no moment of him like second guessing himself because Shepard said something he's like no I'm doing this mm-hmm. he says um, uh, you humans have a saying an eye for an eye a life for a life yeah yeah i also think my read on garris at the beginning of this game which is maybe just me um sort of filling in 
gaps because he spends so much time calibrating but it feels like like he is sort of isolating himself a little bit like he's he's like fully sort of like withdrawn after what has happened and so like that that is my read on like it makes sense that this conversation would be short where he's like listen i just need you to help me kill this guy yeah Um, i mean nope i'm sure about it yeah i mean he's he's an extremely uh I would say he's got a lot of trauma in the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. You know, he's he made this tight connection with Shepard and everyone on the Normandy. And then that got, you know, torn in half and they got, you know, all their connections were sundered. And so he said, Mm -hmm. "Okay, I'll rebuild my own team. And then that also went south. And, you know, now I, he's I on think a suicide mission. Yeah. Now he's on a suicide mission. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I think you're you're totally right. He's tra- he's purposely isolating himself. He is just trying to tie up loose ends before he, I guess, in his mind, goes out in a blaze of glory in this suicide mm-hmm. mission or something uh, alongside the people that the only other person that he like cares about, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's 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 a guy with a lot of trauma, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. But yeah, so we're going to the Citadel to find Fade, the disappearing mm-hmm person uh and then finally this trip around the normandy uh we go talk to thane and last time we talked to thane he had gotten lost in a memory (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh which is a thing that we cleared up in the codex i guess but he also lays it out right here um and you're like hey last time we talked you like got lost in a memory that was kind of weird and he just says you know drell have perfect memories so they are able to end perfect recall so they're able Mm -hmm. to like not physically like mentally live good memories or bad memories in real time and so Mm -hmm. there's like uh there are people who have gotten lost in good memories and have basically gone uh he says solipsistic and you're like oh wow so the same thing can happen with bad ones and he says yes uh and when he's describing to you the way like the the vividness of these memories Mm -hmm. he says a whole bunch of stuff he's like you know you can remember the 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 feeling of the wind on your skin or whatever blah blah blah. the taste of another's tongue in your mouth um it's like thane sir um uh (laughs) but basically the whole point of that is he remembers every kill so vividly it's like he is Mm -hmm. doing it in real time and gordon is like man that that must like weigh heavy on you and he's just like no actually i don't feel any guilt for the people i've killed because i'm merely a tool mm-hmm. um and he basically just says guns don't kill people people kill people and yeah I'm, I'm, i am just a gun <laughs> i'm not a yeah. person <laughs> um, to which Courtney's like oh i don't know man uh but he's like i am a tool for whoever hires me like yes. i'm not the one killing them they're killing them I'm like all right buddy whatever you need yeah but this does lead to i think a really interesting conversation about the way that drell view the self Mm -hmm. because they have the soul which is like the divine self and then they have the physical self which is the body uh and those things combined uh uh create like the body is just a vessel so Mm -hmm. the soul and the vessel together create a person but that is also a very convenient way to separate the things that the soul uses the vessel to do um by saying like i am a tool like my vessel is a tool for a person so i'm able to i am able to completely disconnect my soul and my beliefs and whatever from the things my vessel is being forced to do forced quote unquote so he, he, he just he you know when when we talked to him last time he's like yeah i was trained from the age of six to be able to kill and so he says you know that's just what my flesh has been trained to do and that is mm-hmm. what it does well so when my flesh is put in these situations that is what it does and it does it well um and sh- and Courtney's like that feels kind of irresponsible and like you're kind of like <laughs> like you're really like you know giving yourself 
I don't know, not enough credit for this, yeah. for these kills you've done. Um, but okay. Uh, and then we ask about the hit memory from last time because it was a memory of, of a hit he did. And he had talked about sunset eyes in, in that memory. Uh, and then he basically goes back through the memory again, talks about a laser sight, finger on the trigger, sunset eyes. Uh, and basically a bystander had seen his laser sight on his target and had stood between his target and mm-hmm. and and himself and was like looking in his direction. And he was like, she couldn't see me, but she was looking right at me. Mm-hmm. And so he and then you're like, oh, well, did you did you like get your target? And he said, not that day. And so that's like a memory that really sticks with him. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is the memory he was reliving at that time. And that is all we talk about it for now. Yeah. Oh, I love Thane so much. I will Thane's say. Great. Probably my least favorite thing about these conversations with Thane is when he is in a memory. Oh, my God. The stylistic choices in the direction are just so goofy. It's like very like close zooms into Thane's face with like quick cuts. Uh, Like each time he says, you know, he'll be like, oh, you know, sunset eyes, thing in the scope, whatever. And each time it cuts and it's just like there's There's like a flash every time. It's just like like just feel like there was a way to do it that wasn't quite so goofy yeah it's like they have like a wide angle lens like looking at him from forehead down so his face is all distorted (laughs) it's so strange uh yeah a very interesting directorial choice uh for Mm -hmm. sure so that's that's it uh and then we get a notification from joker uh if you go to the galaxy map he's like oh actually we can't go anywhere elusive man wants to talk to you like okay Mm -hmm. great um so we go talk to the elusive man and this is the beginning of the collectorship mission. I'm just going to do the break now, and we're just going to do all of it all, all, right. at, all at once. Hello, we're past the break now. Um, the, so we go <laughs> to talk to the elusive man, uh, and he tells you that beyond Corliss, uh, some Turians were able to disable a collectorship, and so he would like us to go to the collector ship and see if we can get some information on it uh, or information about their home world or how to get there, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, he's kind of uh, a bit cagey about the like exact purpose, like why the Turians were there, how they were able to disable the ship, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And he's just like, don't worry about it. We'll keep I'll, I'll, I'll keep them distracted with fake signals so they won't even know you're there. You'll just like pop in and pop out before they even recognize that something's something's up. And you're like, OK, I guess. I guess that's the plan. <laughs> so um, so then uh, I, I think he tells you in this conversation, he's like, yeah, you'll go there. Basically, you'll plug in Edie and she will mm-hmm. download all this information and then you'll leave. Right. It'll be easy. Yeah. If we're trying to get info on the, the Omega 4 um, yeah. relay. Yeah. So it's like, OK, sure. Definitely not suspicious at all. Mm-hmm. Um, great. I'm feeling super confident about the motivations behind this mission. Right. Uh, and so then you go to Beyond Corliss. Uh, and you approach this collector ship, which, you know, I mean, we've only ever seen one other collector ship in space. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, it looks awfully familiar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so you arrive, uh, and as soon as we pull up, Edie is like, oh, there's no blows to the hull. There's no mass effect mm-hmm. like field interference. It just seems like the jump drive is down. Yeah. It's like, okay, also extremely suspicious. Also, there doesn't seem to be a Turian ship anywhere around. Mm-hmm. I wonder what's happening. Uh, so then you hop on the ship. This mission is not stylistically uh the the vibes tonally yes tonally tonally this mission rules 
I love the vibes of being inside the ship. Mm -hmm. I love how huge it feels Mm -hmm. and how, you know, alien it's, you know, uh, uh, it it, it feels it's just so awesome. And you spend, you know, the first third or more of this mission not fighting anything. Mm -hmm. You're just like walking around this weird ship that seems to have nobody on it. um, Yeah. Just like finding piles of dead bodies and stuff. It's brutal. You're really like just waiting for the other shoe to drop the entire time. And the way that it ratchets up the tension is wild. I think also a thing that I I was sort of rambling about on stream that Mm. I I really like is the collector ship is like this really interesting. You know, when we think about like high tech futuristic technology, we we think of it as very like synthetic kind of, you know, metal and glass and like very, you know, that is what you think of when you think of something that's like very technologically advanced, right. you know, society or people or whatever. Right. The collectors, um, their, their ship looks like a termite mound and <laughs> yeah, on the inside it very, and on the outside too, but it very much mixes like the materials literally that things are made out of are a mix of um, synthetic and organic. That is, I think it uh, like, it's so far beyond what, you know you would think of when you were thinking about such a a technologically advanced civilization that Mm -hmm. it really helps drive home just how eerie and alien it is yeah it's so fucking good like just incredible design choices yeah yeah really great all around describing it as a termite mound is like a a great comparison especially because when they show up they literally fly in with insect wings like they Mm -hmm. are just big scary bugs and like to basically just have a floating anthill like that you fly around in space like be the ship i think Mm -hmm. is awesome yeah i think i think you're totally right that that the the choice to make it this kind of organic thing is is Mm -hmm. really inspired it's really awesome yeah i think isn't it when you're when you're wandering around for the first part of the mission that Edie is like, hey, so this was the same ship. Yes. That you saw on Horizon. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. What a surprise. <laughs> and yeah. And as you're going through, you're seeing all of these like pods that they use to put the humans in, but there are no humans in these pods. Yeah. You mentioned there's like human bodies everywhere, mm-hmm. like from the the experimentations that they were doing. But yeah, it's just like raising a lot of questions and not getting a lot of answers as you're going through. Yeah. And you come across this uh, computer that has a pod next to it. And in that pod is a collector. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you're like, this is strange. What's going on? So you plug Edie in and she's like, oh, well, it seems like they've been running comparisons between collector and human DNA Mm -hmm. um, for some reason. And you're like, oh, well, that's that's interesting. And that's when she's also like, oh, this is the ship from Horizon. Uh, And then it's like, oh, I've been compared like while we've been speaking because she's an ai and can do things Mm -hmm. you know very fast it's like while we've been speaking i've been comparing the genetic structure of collectors and they have a quad strand genetic structure which has only been seen so far in the protheans Mm -hmm. so you're like oh interesting um so allegedly the uh collectors are Protheans, protheans uh who have been taken and fucked up by the reapers uh and are now i assume the Reapers are trying to do the same thing with humans, I, I guess. Or they're just trying to see if it would be possible to do with humans. 
based on their genetic makeup. Fucking wild, man. Yeah, uh, I was that, really excited for you to get that reveal. Yeah, uh, it's fucking sick. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, I love it. I think it was after this mission that I texted Kim and said, uh, oh, no, I was actually after the con- the conversation after this mission. But I texted Kim and said, sci-fi rules. I love yeah. this game. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you find that stuff out and then you head to another like computer thing and you plug in and you uh, immediately the Normandy begins to get hacked uh, mm-hmm. And you see the uh, harbinger. Is that what? It's? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, on like the Joker. We see yeah. Joker like sitting in the cockpit and the harbinger pops up on one of his screens. He's yeah. like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. And somehow everybody's like, I don't know what's happening. It's like, well, we're clearly being hacked by the bug people. <laughs> like, what do you like? Open your heads. Guys. Yeah. And so then uh, Edie's like, oh, the Turian's like distress signal is also in these files. So like that was mm-hmm. fake and this was a trap. We should leave. And so then there's a bunch uh, of shooting you do. Yeah. She also says there's no way oh, like yeah. this is the the Turian signal was fake and it was actually faked so poorly <laughs> that there's no way the elusive man could have thought it was real yeah yeah uh i love that i love that piece of of yeah. like you know Edie's not in on it Edie is mm-hmm. just an ai Edie's who is a like, fucking real one yeah she is like making these uh uh assessments like in real time and it's just like giving you information that's not mm-hmm. like because i think up until this point it's like well obviously Edie is a tool for cerberus right. and the elusive man to keep track of us right but the fact that Edie, like i mean i guess you know she could also just it could be like a double bluff kind of thing of like she was aware of it but you know i, I don't i don't know i i feel like the 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 elusive man doesn't have any imperative to like tell Edie everything or mm-hmm. like upload all the information, whatever. So I it just for Edie to be like, oh, I'm on your side. Like, <laughs> like this was yeah. obviously a trap and FYI. he knew it and he sent you into it. Yeah. yeah. The guy who created both of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Ga- I, I took Garrus and Morden with me on this mission, which was which was pretty mm-hmm. interesting. Um, they just had like interesting one lines throughout the, the thing. But uh, the one note I took here is Garrus says, and here I thought I had my betrayal and attempted murder for the year. Uh <laughs> Which is an extremely choice line. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, good. And then there's a bunch of shooting you do and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's really interesting the way that this encounter this encounter begins is like on these kind of Sorry, like floating. Can we go hexagon. back to the elusive man bit? Just I didn't want to um, forget. I was trying to remember who I brought. Oh yeah. Uh, on the mission, um, and it was Grunt and uh, Miranda. So I wanted to quickly find the line that yeah. that uh, Miranda says when this happens. Oh, God. Poor girl's getting betrayed left and right. Yeah. By the only people she's ever trusted. So Shepard's like, what the hell? Like, he he sent us directly into collector hands. Talking about the, the elusive man. Grunt says, why? We're a part of the Cerberus clan. Oh, Grunt! Oh, my my boy my son has been betrayed and miranda says there has to be some other explanation the elusive man wouldn't do this to us he he just wouldn't oh my god girl girl i think we we can all agree that your radar is Mm. not on point here (laughs) in terms of who would betray who anyway sorry i just wanted to i was like that's really good some really good lines here yeah um so i wanted to double check those are extremely good extremely extremely good yeah i think morden says something to the effect of like he must have known but if he did it then there it must have been justified or something like he Mm. i think he says that uh here or actually no i think he says that in the in the debrief afterwards but okay yeah so the way that i was the way that this encounter like the shooting encounter begins is actually i think really interesting as well because you like pull up onto this like weird hexagon thing 
And then as you're being hacked, like your hexagon f- like floats up and then more hexagons with uh, collectors show up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, oh, fuck, we're in like we're battling now. Yeah, um, I love that. I think I thought that was great. It's really cool. And then you have to basically just backtrack your way back to the ship. That's it. You have to fight a big one of those big armored bugs again. Yeah. It's very annoying. Very aggressive. Yeah. Very aggressive. Those bugs. That Yeah. That fight can be really tough on the higher difficulty levels. Yeah. Um, and there's also husks. Yeah. This there's was another moment. This was another moment like near the end. It's like just husks and nobody is dropping oh ammunition. <laughs> so I yeah. run out of ammo. Oh my um, God. So I was, I was, you know, start I, punching husks. I was bioticing husks. I was hitting husks with the butt of my gun. It felt really desperate. I don't know if I'm doing this to myself by just like not scouring enough afterwards and picking up ammo. Um, but I have to say, I love, I, I love that it's happened in these last two missions. I think it really has ratcheted up the tension oh. in like a really nice way. Okay. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, it makes these things feel appropriately like large scale and appropriately mm-hmm. like we're outmatched. Like this whole time we're talking about how much of an upper hand the collectors have. Mm-hmm. And then for the mission to like end with me nearly running out of <laughs> like all my resources, I'm like, fuck, like they do yeah. have the upper hand. So I'm going to keep playing the way I'm playing and not scouring. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love that for you. Uh, for now, at least. I, I, when we when we get to the later missions where I know that people can die, I will mm-hmm. uh, do my best to keep them alive. So then we head back to the Normandy. We make it. Congratulations. Hooray. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get a debrief with Tim. And mm-hmm. Gordon is like, hey, what the fuck? Like, yeah. I get it. <laughs> I get why you did this. But I really would have appreciated knowing. Like, yeah. Uh, and he's like, well, if there was any chance that they could have figured out that I told you, you know, it was just safer if I just didn't tell you. It's like, man, dude, like, yeah, fuck that, man. Fuck, man. Like, shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then he says, he's uh, like, the, and I believed in you and your squad. Yeah, so like, I knew okay, you could great, handle cool. it. And you could yeah. see it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Tim. Shut up. Um. Yeah, he says the collectors couldn't have anticipated Edie, which I thought was an interesting thought because, like, yeah, she's just an AI. I mean, like, you know, it's it's well, cool that she can do stuff fast, but like AIs exist. Well, they're right? a, they're like a big illegal. Um, so I think oh. that the collectors would not. You know, like that's why like the Geth were such a a huge right. deal because they were VI oh. that was like towing the line yeah. and eventually w- enough of them like got their consciousness right. together to I, like f- i forgot about the distinction between vi and ai yeah vi and ai right. is a big uh right. distinction in this game so um so yeah i guess i can see that and it's certainly like Edie is the one who gets you out of there she like oh yeah when they close doors she opens another path for you to get out and yeah. things like that so like it sort of makes sense but it doesn't justify what you <laughs> no. did not at all. Yeah. So uh, then he, you know, after you give him grief and he's like, well, no, I know better. So fuck you. He basically tells you that uh, Edie has found the way to get through the Omega mm-hmm. four relay. Uh, and it's this thing called the identify friend or foe system or the mm-hmm. IFF. And he's like, luckily, <laughs> we have a crew uh, who has been taking apart a derelict Reaper and we can just go pick up the IFF off of that. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, hmm okay yeah uh, just to, to put a finer point on the iff it's it's what uh, the reapers and collector ships use to like get through the omega-4 relay safely mm-hmm. so yeah we just sort of need to be like we have it we're friend yeah it's like the key card or whatever yeah uh so you're like how did you find a reaper 
And he's like, well, there's this thing called the Great Rift on the planet. Uh, I don't know if my autocorrect fucked this up, but Clendagon is what I have. Yeah, I think it's something like that. And there's this thing called the Great Rift on that planet. And it turns out that like it which is just like a huge crater on this planet. And nobody knows where it came from. But he's like, it turns out that came from some sort of big gun uh, from like some ancient civilization. Uh, and so we just tracked its intended path uh, because it had accidentally hit this planet. So we we Cerberus have tracked the intended path of this bullet uh, or whatever uh, and just found a Reaper orbiting a sun. So <laughs> cool. Um, he says there's no trace of the species that fired the shot. Uh, he, he's like, I, it must have been some sort of last ditch like uh, right. Hail Mary shot to try and destroy the Reaper that was destroying them. Like it, this was their sovereign, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it did not work. <laughs> Uh, but somehow the Reaper shut off uh, by the sun instead of going yeah. back to the you know edge of the galaxy or whatever. Yeah, he says um, it's in the it's in orbit in a brown dwarf, which brown I dwarf, guess yeah. um, he says they're gas giants that don't quite have the masses of stars. Expect gale force winds and extremely high temperatures. <laughs> so I think it's like the thing just got like stuck there or sure. something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and, and nobody could approach it. Yeah. Uh, and he says that he his team that he sent <laughs> like uh, with Dr. Uh, Chandana basically immediately lost contact. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. so we sent a team and we can get this thing, but we haven't been able to contact them since they landed. So <laughs> like, OK, Back great. Womp. Good plan. I guess that's yeah. what we're fucking doing. Uh, <laughs> you can uh, in your dialogue options, there's a line you can say where it's like, you know, I guess I'll trust you because you know, two derelict ships in a row. Like I, I'm only trusting you on this because I don't think you would repeat yourself twice or something like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, so then we head out and we have our crew chat. Uh, this is where Morden says that, you know, he knew it was a lie. The, the elusive man knew it was a lie or, you know, a trap or whatever, but he must have had his reasons for doing it. And we came out on top. So I guess it doesn't really matter because it was a success. Jacob is surprised that the elusive man didn't just like fully sell us out. Uh, Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, then we get some chat about like where exactly, uh, yeah. the collector homeworld is, which is, this is when I texted Kim sci-fi mm-hmm. rules. Um, so basically Edie has found out that this, uh, the Omega four relay leads to this, uh, uh, area of the galaxy or sorry, leads to like the very center of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. The galactic core. Yeah. And Jacob's like, well, that's not fucking possible because it's just all black holes and dark matter. So like immediately something would get torn apart. And then I think it's Shepard who brings up the point of like, look, they made the Citadel and all the mass relays. So I don't think it's totally out of the question for the Reapers to like be able to just create black holes. Mm -hmm. Um, And Edie's like, yeah, that that pretty much seems like what is happening. And the IFF, the 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 friend or foe system must trigger a more advanced encrypted protocol for ships Mm -hmm. that use the Omega four relay. Otherwise, the ships would be just pulled thousands of kilometers off course and just like get ripped to shreds in a black hole. Right. Um, Yeah, she's I think she says something about how there's like a safe harbor. Yeah. Which is where this this home world is that um, it makes sure you get directly there. The IFF uh, makes sure you get 
right there yeah. so you can safely pass through yeah the mass effect relay probably adjusts like two nanometers which mm-hmm. over the course of you know traveling across the galaxy <laughs> can right. turn into thousands of kilometers yeah wild uh mm-hmm. so fucking cool dude i love the idea of this just like fucked up home world for these mm-hmm. ancient beings that nobody understands or knows about is just in the center of the galaxy a yeah. and also between you know millions of black holes or whatever it's just so fucking cool mm-hmm. i'm i'm big i'm big here for it a big fan so that's uh the end of that mission yeah uh, there's there's also an interesting moment here um that i i'm curious your thoughts on so hmm. at the end of this conversation um jacob's like all right why don't we just go get the iff and fucking go yeah and miranda's like it's a derelict reaper there could be collectors waiting for us like we should build up our team oh yeah, yeah um yeah. and you're you're given the option kind of which i think is sort of a false option because you can just like go to the yeah you know the galaxy map and do whatever yeah. the fuck you want yeah. um but you're given the option to be like all right yeah let's just fucking go or you can be like no blah let's hold on um let's build our team first and i just think it's interesting that miranda is the one who wants to build the team and mm. jacob is the one who just wants to fucking go mm. like it, it's very interesting loyalty is really important in this game um And at this point in the game, you've like to have gotten this far, you've probably picked up like most of the squad. So most of what is left to be done before you do the Reaper IFF is loyalty missions. Um, (laughs) And like minor spoiler, but there is sort of a ticking clock after the Reaper IFF mission. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's I I guess the the implication here is that there are right answers and wrong answers to Mm. to sort of completing the the suicide mission successfully and it's sure. just sort of fascinating to me who's who's on what sides here yeah uh i did for what it's worth side with miranda here of like yeah we got to get the rest of the the squad up yeah i did too because um, we don't have tolly yet right we don't have tolly yet and also i also was kind of reading that as like we have to do everybody's loyalty missions because like J- mm-hmm. uh, jacob was like let's go right now I'm like well we're not yeah. ready to go right now bud <laughs> so yeah you don't even like me so maybe we should work <laughs> that out first yeah um, it's also so funny because like jacob is the one who who gives you sort of like the rundown on loyalty missions yes. of like people kind of like before we go into a suicide mission people want to tie up loose ends and kind yeah. of get closure on things um so it's funny to me that he's like fuck it i don't care about you know visiting my dad or finding my dad let's fucking yeah. go yeah that's Calm very, down, dude. that's very interesting uh so that's the ship mission uh yeah. and now we are back on the normandy for a hot second to talk to thane <laughs> um, i just want to say i in between these missions i i was like running around talking to people and i was like molly so she was in chat please don't let me forget to feed my fish she's like oh okay i won't let you forget to feed your fish so we talk chat whatever i go upstairs to my cabin and my fish are already dead my fish also died because i have previously i guess forgotten to feed them <laughs> Yeah. And Paul was like, no, I already failed you. <laughs> I was like, no, that's on me. So, yeah, RIP to my fish. I didn't clean out the tank. I was like, this is just going to stay here as a monument to my failure. Oh, my God. Jeez Louise. Yeah. So this chin just has a bunch of rotting. Yeah. Jeez. Which feels somehow that feels right. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so I'm just thinking now like about him. the Kelly Chambers uh, romance scene <laughs> and just a bunch of dead fish in the background <laughs> while she's dancing. Uh, we go to talk to Thane uh, and and Kelly Chambers was like, oh, Thane wants to talk to you. So when you go down, you're like, oh, you want to talk to me? And he says, uh, yeah, but now that you're here, it seems more difficult to talk about, yeah. <laughs> um, which I thought was very realistic. Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he kind of begins to not pace but he like stands up and is kind of he's just staring at a gun rack i feel like that would have been better positioned if he was staring out the window but yeah i know he has a window into like the drive core or whatever yeah very weird but anyway so we're looking at guns this whole conversation i guess just looking at guns and he tells you that he used to have a family uh and a son uh and his son's name is uh coliat and yeah, so he has always been kind of a hitman and, and this whole thing. Uh, and so, you know, he's talking about how other people, you know, had families and stuff. And he's like, my wife would always just say that I was away on business uh, because I was out <laughs> killing people <laughs> um, and just says, uh, you know, I haven't talked to my son in 10 years. I don't think he says this yet, but his wife is dead. Yeah, he uh, the way that it it comes up is that he gets transported into a memory that turns out to be the memory of his wife's funeral. And it's like a Hanar funeral. So it's sort of like a Viking funeral where they're like put out to sea. And he, he remembers his son, like begging them not, not to like let her go. Yeah. And he's like, you know, it's, it was raining. It's always raining on the Hanar home world. And I, there's like warm water pouring down Colyot's face. It's like, it's very evocative Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and really sad, really sad. And I think what makes that even sadder is that a little bit before that he gets lost Mm -hmm. in a different memory. Yeah. uh, Because he, he brings up like, like, Oh, like, you know, Courtney asked something about like, what was your relationship with your son? Like, Mm -hmm. Um, he's like one of the last times I saw him, he wanted to dance crazy. And (laughs) I was like, I immediately as like, I don't know. I don't want to pull this uncle card, I guess. I'm an uncle mm-hmm. and I got I have a bunch of young nieces and nephews. And yeah. it's like exactly a thing that a kid would say. It's like, oh, let's dance oh, yeah, crazy. Dance crazy. Like, fuck. Yeah. Um, and so then he has this memory of he's like on a call or like waiting for a message. And then his son comes up and is like, oh, let's let's dance crazy, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he like picks him up and, and spins him around. And then he gets a message and has to put his son down. And then he like gets lost in work. Um and mm-hmm. he's like, I couldn't even pay attention to my son when he needed me or whatever. Yeah, Ugh. I'm. Uh, hold on, let me find. It's just, it's so good. The console beeps. I put him down. Click the message, Father. He pleads. Tuck my sleeve. I need to read this. I say, I don't look at him. Fucking brutal. Yeah. Yeah. And then that is followed up by the memory of the funeral, which is also yeah. brutal. Um, yeah, because that was the last time he saw him. And he left him with aunts and uncles mm-hmm. because he left to he he implies that his wife was like killed by someone and he went to uh take care of the people mm-hmm. who did it. Mm-hmm. So he left Kolyat with like aunts and uncles and yeah. never came back. Yeah, I think the the line I don't have the exact quote, but he basically says that he would rather have his son hate him then become like him. Mm-hmm. So like, he's just, you know, he left and then he never came back because he thought yeah. he'd be in better hands with his aunts and uncles um, who are just, you know, you know, quote, regular people or whatever, which yeah. is just, oh. <sighs> yeah. He says, um, I told myself it was to spare him the knowledge of my body's actions. Lately, <laughs> I have thought I have reconsidered that. Mm. Uh, so then he tells you that uh, recently he has gotten word from, one of his contacts on the Citadel. Uh, and he says that Kolyat has become disconnected 
mm-hmm. uh, and that he does what his body wills. Uh, and then this is where he talks about the soul being the true self and the mm-hmm. body and the soul creating the whole person. And he thinks that what happened is that Koyat figured out Thane's history because of a package that was supposed to be delivered to Koyat upon Thane's death. Somehow he got his hands on it before that. Um, and so he thinks because of that package, Koyat figured out kind of what Thane's history has been, uh, you know, of being a hitman. And <sighs> Koyat has gone to the Citadel and has also become a hitman. <laughs> Yeah, or is uh, trying to be. Yeah, is trying to be. Um, and so, mm-hmm. Courtney's like, "How? Like, the Citadel is not the place for a, a rookie hitman to be hired." And he's like, "I assume that they saw like my name, you know, the Creos mm-hmm. name or whatever, uh, and assume that the skills were passed down from father to son." Yeah. Uh, so it's like he's like, "Please help me, like, save my son, basically, mm-hmm. from this life or from just fully being murdered." Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a brutal line where Shepard is like, you know, maybe he did this to like, yeah, be closer to you or yeah. feel closer to you and like used your name to, you know, and the respect that it garners. And then says, you know, it's possible that he like intentionally name dropped yeah. me, but I don't think so. It doesn't seem right. My name. He should not respect it. Oh, man. No, <laughs> my heart. Oh, this poor, oh. sad guy. Yeah. Y'all ever hear that TikTok sound? He's, There's like a, a psychologist watching a, a scene of Euphoria with uh, Nate from Euphoria, who is this like very angry guy. Um, and he just the, the, the psychologist goes, "Oh, he's so hot and so miserable." <laughs> yes, Thane. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's, that's exactly Thane. what I feel every time I talk to Thane. He is just so hot and uh, miserable. Um, yeah. It also reminds me of, uh, I think you should leave. She's beautiful, but she's dying. <laughs> Christ. And she asked me to marry her. And I didn't even want to. But she's beautiful, but she's dying. She's sick, but she's hanging in there. Tell her. You know. Tell the kid. His wife's sick, but she's going to get better. She's going to get better. <laughs> And I'm rich. He's rich. I don't live in a hotel. My friend doesn't live in a hotel. We got a good wife. He's got a wife who's perfect for him. <laughs> oh my god. Um So yeah, that's that's the the seed for Thane's loyalty mission. And the uh, seed for the episode tweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh all the Normandy stuff for now. Uh, let's now go to Haystrom, Haystrom, I don't know. We're doing Tally's Dossier. Tally's Dossier, yay! (sighs) So, Tally's Dossier. Actually, can you give the, like, rundown, like, why we're here? Uh, because I always forget that stuff. Um, so Haystrom is a former Quarian colony. A, first, first of all, so cool. And I love when it comes mm-hmm. up later in the mission. We'll continue. Mm-hmm. And so there's some some fuckery going on in Haystrom because uh, something is wrong with the sun. The sun in this system um, is I think it's it's giving off abnormally high uh amounts of radiation i think it is um so you can't stay in the sun uh, in this mission for too long because it eats away at your shield yeah. and then will start like harming you fun mechanic terrible sound <laughs> yes yeah it's like beep 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 beep, beep like a oh, fuck off it gets higher um, the longer you're in the sun yeah it's awful 
it's very stressful. So as you come to find out, the Quarians are here sort of trying to figure out what's wrong with the sun. Why they care is sort of a mystery. And I don't even think it's like actually uh, revealed at, at any point. Yeah. You know what it is that that the Quarians think they need this research for. But mm. they have sent Tali with a group of like uh, Marines, like Quarian Marines to to get this this information to do this research um and they have been attacked by geth yeah uh so the geth are back good friends the geth it's been a while since we've shot a geth Mm -hmm. um so yeah you uh you're you're walking around this hot ass planet and you come across a uh communicator which uh allows you to communicate with cal rigar or or cal rigar um Mm -hmm. and says you know he describes basically what kim just said is they came here on a stealth mission to discover why the sun is going red dwarf prematurely but then the guest showed up and now we are like pinned down and or before you find the, the communicator you hear some comms that are like you know, we're pinned down, but it is imperative that Tally gets off the planet. Mm-hmm. Like, if we all die, Tally has to get off the planet. Like, there is no, yeah. like, she is the the important thing here because she is, you know, the one, the scientist, I guess, uh, and also the daughter of one of the admirals from the Admiralty Board. Um, mm-hmm. So he tells you, like, because you pick up this, this communicator and you're like, hi, I'm here. Um, and he just says, like, we can't communicate with our ship because of the solar radiation and and getting Tally out is the priority. And I believe it's here. Uh, you, there's like some piece of the architecture falls and crushes some guys. And then there's some mm-hmm. geth that show up and you do with blah, blah, blah. Um, but here Garrus says, like, in between the, the waves of enemies, Garrus is like, Quarian architecture. It's not really a phrase you hear too much <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because the Quarian live on ships now right. uh, because their home world was taken over by the Geth. So I just think that's like an awesome little bit of, of detail of like, I, I don't know, for me, really established like how old this place is mm-hmm. um, because the, the Quarian have been in the flotilla for, you know, centuries i think like it's been a long time yeah it's Um, been a very long time so these these ruins are very very old so then you know you fight through some waves of enemies you find some like voice memos or whatever from Mm -hmm. tali that are like i don't know why the planet's getting hot um (laughs) it seems like there's a a concentration of dark matter or dark energy inside the whatever um Mm -hmm. sure so you do a bunch of shooting and then you find cal rieger and he is like pinned down uh, and he tells you that he has gotten shot. Uh, we see a the, the big four legged guy, the the Colossus. Is that what it is? Uh, yeah. The, the Geth Colossus, which is just the four legged thing that can shoot lasers and whatnot. And he's like, yeah, I, I got shot once, but my ship, my, my my suit has, you know, sealed the hole and I'm pumped full of antibiotics right yeah. now. Uh, and then he kind of gives you, you you can get the layout of the battlefield. It's like you can go up through the center, which has a lot of cover, but you'll be like directly fired on by the thing. You can go over to the right, which will give you great kind of sniping position. Uh, or you can go to the left, which is like out of the view of the colossus but there are you know a bunch of geth over there like okay cool mm-hmm. uh i went right i also went right <laughs> did you so th- there's also a point where um yeah cal rieger is like you know i'll just do what i have to do and like i you know I, I probably won't make it, but the most important thing is that tolly gets off world mm-hmm. like that was my mission um and you can either be like dude don't do that yeah. or like yeah okay um i'm curious what what courtney did yeah no i i tried to talk him down and then there was the uh and he was like 
no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. And then there's like a Paragon uh, mm-hmm. quick time thing that's like <laughs> she like pushes him against the wall. and It's like, stay here. We can yeah. do this. You don't need to die. Because as we know, Quarians are, you know, extremely sensitive to any air, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Uh, and so the fact that he has already had a suit puncture um, is like extremely worrying. So mm-hmm. you're like, just stay here. We will take care of it and we will get you off this planet alive. What did Jin do? <laughs> Jin did the same thing. <gasps> I ended up taking because I I like Cal Rieger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jin would like Cal Rieger. He's like very, he's very like to the point, like yeah. sort of a I don't know. He's kind of a funny guy, um, and so I don't know. Like I first of all, I think that Jin is starting to have his you know doubts and stuff about Cerberus. Sure, and things are starting to to coalesce, and so I, I I don't know. I just it felt right in that moment to to pick the Paragon. Yeah uh interrupt or whatever it was um so yeah it's uh and what 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 you choose in that moment determines whether cal Rieger, uh lives or dies yeah so. obviously yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah you do a bunch of shooting and i destroyed the thing and hooray and then tolly uh who was tolly had like locked herself in this room to continue her or finish up her research, I guess. So she unlocks the door and you head inside and she's like, yo, what's up? Uh, <laughs> you say, why are you here? And she says, honestly, I don't know. The Admiralty Board sent me here to yeah. figure out why this sun is going supernova before it should. I found out some stuff about dark energy inside, but truly, I have no idea why they, why we were sent here. And so then you're like, OK, okay well, we should leave before the Geth come back. And Cal Rieger shows up and it's like, what's up, fuckers? I'm still alive. <laughs> Uh, you're like, okay, great. Um, but before he shows up, Tali, you, you know, you can basically be like, Tali, you should come with us. And she's like, yeah, mm-hmm. I regretted not coming with you yeah. af- after, uh, the first mission. I can't remember the name mm-hmm. of it. Um, Freedom's Progress. Yeah. Uh, she's like, I've been thinking about it since I left. And now that I'm done here, I can send mm-hmm. my finding, my findings back to the flotilla and I am like free to do whatever I want. So I will be yeah. coming with you. I will send the stuff back with Cal, uh, and we'll be good. And then Cal Rieger shows up what's up fuckers i'm alive um she's like yeah i'm I'm not coming with you and he says okay (laughs) Um, uh and so then she she comes along yeah did you happen to check your mail after this mission uh yes from her dad (laughs) yeah 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 so you get a letter that's like hello from the admiralty board uh thank you you know, for saving Tali, you know, she has fulfilled her duty. So she has no obligation to like stay with us. So she is fine mm-hmm. to be with you. But if anything happens, know that it's your fault. Goodbye. Yeah, it's- Love Tally's dad. It's like, oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> it's like, you know, we know that you have a pre-existing relationship with Tali from your prior mission on the first Normandy. But uh, we think that that it's possible. There is a risk that you have undue influence over her because of that. Mm. So just know that if anything happens to her, this board will fucking find you and ruin your fucking life. (laughs) If anything happens to my daughter, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. Basically. Oh, delicious. That's a good, that's a good, good. that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think before you actually get back to the ship, I think Tally mentions like, you know, I was convinced when I found you with Cerberus on Freedom's Progress that you were like undercover or something planning to like mm-hmm. blow it up from the inside and you get a couple of options of like Cerberus is right or like you know I whatever uh, and mm-hmm. Courtney says uh, they they have the resources we need to do the stuff we want to do and she's basically just like I'm here for you not for them uh, yeah so whatever yeah um, I um whereas I, I haven't been super 
consistent about this, but mm. for the most part in the past, I've sort of been like, yeah, Cerberus is sort of good, I guess. Oh. Yeah, I remember, I think in Lair of the Shadow Broker, when, when you kill Arinya, Anyala, mm. I don't Anyala. know. Anyala. Yeah. She's like, oh, you know, like, Cerberus is all fucked up. I think Jin was very like, Cerberus is good, actually. <laughs> um, but this time, now that he's been betrayed, Jin mm. is like, we don't work for Cerberus. Cerberus works for us. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it's a good vibe. It's a good vibe with Tali back. I, I feel good about yeah. Jin's eventual return to not being terrible. Yeah. Um. You may... <laughs> So you make it back onto the Normandy in the debrief room and Jacob is there, of course, because he always is. And Tali's like, OK, I'll go set up by the, you know, in the engine in the engine room or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And Jacob, like, says something about like, 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 make yourself at home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she just stops in the doorway. Oh, no, no. no. What? Oh, God. What is she? What does he say? Uh, what he says is. Yeah. Um, you know, you should so like you should introduce yourself to our AI Evie. <laughs> yeah. And she turns around and fucking looks yeah. for a second, like you guys got a fucking AI oh on this God. ship. Did we not did you not learn anything from the Geth? But she doesn't say anything. No, she just stops in the doorway after the door opens and just fucking dead eyes, Jacob. Mm-hmm. Like, are you fucking serious? A, you're yeah. talking to me, and B, you're bringing up AI. <laughs> yeah uh and then she leaves it's so fucking sick i love tolly so much yeah and uh, tolly tolly is a similar sort of progression as does liara where like mm. she's she really starts to come into her own and go from like sort of like a a young adult kind of getting their their bearings Mm -hmm. in the world to like really being a force um and i just oh i love her so much in these yeah next two games yeah, it's really good. Um, and so just really quick, when you're back on the Normandy proper, you talk to Kelly Chambers and she basically is like, man, I lo- the Quarians are cool, but it's also sad that I can't see how hot they are <laughs> <laughs> because like they, you know, they can't take off their, their mm-hmm. breather suits or whatever. It's just very silly. Is that all Kelly Chambers up to you about Tolly? Uh, yeah, I, I guess it would be. Yeah. Kelly Chambers says something like to, to M-Shop, like, I think she's basically like, I think she has a crush on you. Oh. And you're like, what? And Kelly's like, yeah, like this isn't like my, uh, you know, like psych training. This is just like feminine intuition, which is so stupid. Um, But she's like, I just it's the way that she looks at you, the way her like body language when you enter a room and you can be like, "Ooh, I hope so. Or, oh, that's interesting. Or like Tali and I are just friends. And yeah, it's I, I I picked the middle option, but that was the moment where I was like, should Jin get with Tali? But mm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll yeah. See. She says something along the lines of like, oh, yeah, uh, Tali seems great. And you can have the options of like, I love her or like she's OK mm-hmm. or like, you know, I like having her on the squad. And I I think I chose the like the most affectionate option. I was like, I love yeah. having Tali around. She's great. Uh, she's a great friend. Mm-hmm. So then I go down to the engine room and she is just on the opposite console uh, from Gabby and Ken. Uh, and she, there's not a whole lot here. She just basically tells yeah. you that Cal Rieger is going to make a full recovery, which is great. Um, she's like, mm-hmm. it's basically like a, a shot in the suit is like almost always a death sentence. So it's like really yeah. great that he made it out. Um, so it's, you know, telling you like, great job convincing him not to get shot again. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, you know, she talks a little bit about a little more about like why she's super not sure why the Admiralty board wanted her to go figure this information out. Uh, and then also explains that the Admiralty board is 
basically the people who are they're like the justice wing like they are responsible for like punishment and stuff mm-hmm. uh, of of crimes or whatever and then there's the, this thing called the conclave which are uh the group of of flotilla captains or whatever uh mm-hmm. who are who make the laws that the admiralty board holds up yeah. uh so sort of the difference uh in the u.s between like the judicial branch of government and uh the legislative branch i guess yeah I don't yeah. know if there is an executive. Yeah, I think I think the Admiralty Board also serves that function of kind of mm-hmm. being the executive as well. But yeah, so I thought that was interesting. Did she talk to you about like the the beef between Cerberus and the Quarians? Uh, yes. And I don't remember what it is, but yes. So um, she says they attacked one of our ships, the Adena. It seems they were attempting to kill or control a young human biotic who was on the fleet. I don't really know the details. I do know Cerberus made an enemy of the Quarian people. Interesting. Just a little bit of background. So, um, I mean, are we supposed to lead the, be led to believe that that's Jack or is this just another child so that they were experimenting on? I would think so, but I do think that it is it is it's someone different sure. that i think gets they get into this in either the books or mm. the oh no it does look like it's just the books yeah just the books hmm. cool interesting yeah it's not jack yeah so that's you know another another uh i'm here for you not them thing mm-hmm. for for tolly which is very yeah. sweet thank you tolly uh, tolly and then she's just like just kind of waxes about how how she misses the old crew and and mm-hmm. all that and it's very sad uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh and so yeah that is the end of uh tally's dossier uh and the end of the stuff that we played yep um i i guess i should i just want to note also i did a lot of resource gathering i doubled mm. the amount of probes i can take with me i doubled nice. the size of my fuel cells i uh i think those are uh thane upgrades right uh, I don't remember. One of them is, yeah. I think those are the ship upgrades you get from Thane. Yeah. Um, I also got the med bay thing, which means Gortney no longer has scars, which is cool, mm. I guess. She's so smooth now. You, you, do you have to fix the scars to do the. I, once you upgrade? do it, it, they just get fixed. Oh. Yeah. I didn't have an option. They just, huh, they weird. just got fixed. Yeah. Um, so mm. fine. And I upgraded the shields or whatever, whatever Tali tells you to upgrade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that one as well. So the Normandy continues to be fully upgraded, which I'm yeah. happy about. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else, Kim, before we wrap up today? Um, nope. Okay, fine. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> thank you Jeez. for listening to the podcast. <laughs> um, if you like our music, that is written by Amaranthon. Links to his stuff is all in the show notes. Uh, like we said last week, he released a new album called Cool Jams, which is great. It's a fun time. Uh, if you like the art, that is by Scout Wilkinson. You can find links to her Kofi page and her Twitter in the show notes as well. Uh, if you would like to join the community Discord, that is uh, the worst garbage dot online. Link is also at the very bottom of the show notes. If you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, it's at AsyncPod. If you'd like to follow me on Twitter, I'm at AJ Falleri. I'm at Okimmies. Uh, follow me on Twitch at Okimmies to see me stream Mass Effect 2. Yeah, streams are fun. Also, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we will be taking next week off. Uh, we will both be out of town for various 
things. Well, uh, you'll be out of town. I'll be at an all-day tattoo session. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So that expects some uh, a, a blank space in your feed next Thursday. Uh, but we'll be back the following week. Uh, doing all the Tuchanka stuff. Uh, yep. So we'll be doing Grunt's loyalty mission, Morden's loyalty mission, and I assume whatever Rex wants you to do. And also, Kim said there's a couple of other little missions on, on there uh, as well. Yeah. So Mass Effect 2 Chanka. Nice. That's yeah. good. <laughs> Mass Effect 2 Chanka. Uh, Kim, before we leave today, do you have any final words for us? I do. Once again, they're coming from Thane. Remember, the body is not our true self. The soul is. Body and soul work as one in a whole person. So don't get disconnected. Don't get disconnected, (laughs) y'all. See ya. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Garbage. The online.